Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Cortez Enough Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shevinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega, future Jiu-Jitsu world champion, Angel Ortega. Uh, as always, we are brought to you by Rogue Energy and Elixir. I'll tell you more about them in a second, but as always, um, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. PFL Championship, you got to go over that massive upset. UFC Orlando going down this Saturday. We've also got a lot of MMA and boxing news, which... As in standard tradition, this news is a little bit late because it happened right after we fucking ended the episode last week. Uh, but that's going to be fun to talk about. Uh, real quickly, go back to our sponsors, Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. It's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. Fantastic sponsor of the show. Always help me get through the day with their incredible energy drinks. Uh, but also, if you're looking for something on the opposite end of things, go to Elixir.com. Elixir is currently one of the leading distributors of Delta 8, 9, and 10 products. The last test of products includes vapes, gummies, joints, and gels. Please check your local laws to ensure that you're in a state where Elixir can ship to you. For fans of the Quartet Center podcast, Elixir is on 10% off with code SOUNDOFF at checkout. Code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of Elixir.com. Fantastic sponsor of the show. Use them a lot personally. They help me get good sleep and... uh it really calm me down after a hard day, you know. I'm, not, I'm sure that you are can also attest, and I know that you've used them as well. But fantastic sponsor of the show, and for both of those sponsors, always code sound off, ten percent off. No UFC, no Bellator, but there was PFL last Friday night from the Hulu Theater in New York City, New York. The uh, final of the final card of the year, obviously uh, the championship, you know round of their 2022 season, so to speak. Dude, the main event, Larissa Pachenko taking on Kayla Harrison. We knew going in, Kayla won all eight rounds of the previous fight, but something felt different for this one. Something felt like it was in the air. They're on pay-per-view. Larissa won five fights in a row, all by knockout. She clearly put on a lot of muscle mass. She looked like the greatest form of her life. And we said going in, like, we both picked Kayla. We were like, hey, you know, don't listen to these other people out there. Like, Larissa has a very good chance of winning this fight. And she woes in there, and she fucking pulls it off. Defeats Kayla Harrison. Unanimous decision, 48-47, 48-47, 48-47 were the cards. Was a very, very close fight. I did see some people giving um, the fight to Kayla. Didn't agree with that whatsoever. I thought it was a pretty clear win for Larissa. But regardless, pulls off a massive upset and new. Angel, give me your thoughts on the fight, and what would you think? Uh, look, we talked about it on the show, and we said we won't be, at least us personally, right, us speaking for ourselves here, and I'm dragging you into this, Josh, but... Uh, no, yeah, I mean... <laughs> but, but you know what I mean, though. No, no, uh, I, I, hey, I wanted, I wanted to pick Larissa, I just, I couldn't do it, you know? You could uh, I thought about it, man, I couldn't bring myself to do it, but in the end, she did it. She pulled it off, she put on that muscle, we saw that it ended up paying off. We saw her on the ground do some things, be effective. We saw Kayla struggle at times. She hurt Kayla. I want to say she was hurt, right? or at least compromised in some capacity. Yes. You know, she had to fight through that credit to her, right? She rallied back and was able to do some good stuff. But uh, I mean, you know, if 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 I think 
it, you know, and it depends on the level, right? I think if two people fight enough times, eventually you're going to get them once. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't, and it, this might not just be the one time. I mean, if they, if they run it back a fourth time, she could do it again. Or Kayla could make the series 3-1. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we get that, uh, and then we get a, a 3-1 lead, get blown. I was kidding. Oh, Jesus. No, but, uh, you know, I'll just decide, I mean, credit. I mean, I was telling, we were talking about this before we started to, uh, to, uh, I started to Josh in the green room about, uh, the year as a whole and kind of how people are like, oh, you know, it's been the year of the upset and all that. And I was telling him, I don't think it's the year of the upset. I think it's the year of the risen. And I was telling him that I think this year, all the people that have, that come out on top were people who were already there. They just needed the opportunity or the time or whatever, the situation, circumstance, whatever it may be. And I think this is just one more of those things that could be added onto the year. I mean, it wasn't an upset, yes. To those who I think really give a fuck about the sport and they'll write people off at times like we do. And look, we've done it, right? We've been like, look, I don't think, you know, we didn't choose her, right? But but we did make it clear we wouldn't be surprised if she won because of the kind of year she had. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing, man. And it's it's another another hype moment. You know, it sucks for the for the opposite uh, opposite side, but it's really gonna make Caleb better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's only gonna make Caleb better. And the thing that I think um, I disagree with most people about is I saw a lot of people like having like a meltdown or joking that the PFL was like having a meltdown because Kayla Harrison lost. I really disagree with that. I, I really, really do. I think if anything, this probably benefits uh, the PFL because now. You know, there's there's something interesting for Gala to do. The fourth fight is ready there in the waiting. Like it's it's right there, dude. You know what I mean? So that's gonna be huge for them. And they have now like Louis Pacheco's not a star, but now lots of people know about her. You know, and that's huge. And I think for you know, myself, I'm way more interested in seeing where Kayla Harrison goes from here now that she has loss. And it's kinda weird to say because obviously everybody loves the undefeated fighter, but like for Kayla, she lost to somebody where she beat them handily every single round. She was, like, a big moment away from winning this fight. And in, in any of those rounds she, she lost, those were clear – those were close rounds, you know what I mean? And so, to be fair, some of the rounds that she won, except for, like, round one. But it was a close fight, and I think that she'll rebound nice in this. Like, some fighters, they need to go out there and lose one, and they got to get their eye back on the ball, and they'll come back even better. And I have no doubt that Kayla Harrison is that person. For Liz Pachenko, though, gotta be happy, dude. You cannot be happy. This, that's a huge, huge win for her to get that million dollar check and to kind of have her career validated, too, in a way, because up until this point, she was a UFC dropout to a degree. Like, she was fighting at 135. She wasn't very great. She tried to make the ultimate fighter at uh, 145. She lost to, uh, I believe it was Macy Chase on. Um, she had a PFL, and even a PFL, she was, like, a big name. She had some big knockouts, but she was still second in line to Kayla Harris. You know what I mean? And for her to overcome the odds and go out there and pick up a huge win was awesome to see. And moving forward for her, like, this sets up a fourth fight with Kayla, which is which is awesome. Um, in regards to both of those women, what do you think the PFL should do with them next? Because at this point, they've announced that they're no longer doing a 155-pound women's division, at least not a tournament. So if a fight between Pacheco and Harrison has to happen, it would have to be just a straight-up, you know, random feature bout. 
Um, what do you think that PFL should do with them next? Do you think they should create another tournament just for those two to try and hype up a potential fourth fight with them, or what do you think they should do? It's a tough position, right, because of what Kayla's wanting to do, right? She's wanting to remove herself from this uh, tournament format because fighting so often is, is a lot, man. It's a lot on the body, the training camps, being away from family, all of that. And especially her, you know, she has kids, and, and you can tell she loves being a mom, and she's talked about it. Well, they had a kind of a embedded type series they do on YouTube. I watched all of them, Josh, and I saw how much she loves being with her kids, you know, and and, and how more – how much more time she wants with him, I can kind of tell that I, I wouldn't say it's like uh she wants to step away or anything like that, but you could tell she enjoys those moments like like any parent would right if, you know I'm not a parent myself, but I can only imagine right and uh I mean obviously if I'm the PFL, I try to convince her I'm like hey run let's let's go is there any way we could give it to the tournament you know and, and and we let you do whatever you want to do with your contract, which you write it out, but we really think you could capitalize on this, you can make this money. Yada yada yada, and if not, look, we at least want you to run this fight back and see if you can get it back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something worth noting as well is Kayla revealed on the MMA Hour, I believe, uh, before the fight that she has two more um, fights in the PFL, two more fights in her contract, and then after that, uh, she's free to go anywhere. Because I think um, we've talked about it on the show, but most people don't know. But like PFL, the reason why she's even back in the PFL and has been. Uh, is because they had matching rights to her contract. She was going to sign with Bellator, um, but the PFL matched the Bellator contract, so she had to return to them. After her contract ends, it's supposed to end either by the end of 2023 or after two fights, she'll be a free agent straight up. She can sign anywhere. UFC, Bellator, fucking won for if, <laughs> for whatever reason. You know, I'm, She wants to do anything she can, so um, they do have a limited window to make that fourth fight, so that's worth noting, but... Uh, yeah, man. Uh, on the main event, though, time to move on because the co-main event was sick. And it was – and we're talking about, like, feel-good moments. There were so many feel-good moments on this card. Uh, Brandon Lockname probably getting the biggest one. Um, taking on, obviously, Bubba Jenkins, who – good fire in his own right. And he had a great story going into this. But, dude, it's it's Brandon Lockname who comes away the big winner, ends up winning TKO round four. A guy that went from getting denied – a contender, like, he beat the shit out of Bill Algeo on the contender series. Bill Algeo is in the UFC, but because Brandon Lockney famously shot a takedown in the last round instead of going for a finish, Dana White denied him a contract, and now, three years later, he's a millionaire and PFL champion. Give me your thoughts on him getting the win. W's, man. W's all around. I mean, do not, I mean, he's definitely not living in regret. You know what I mean? Sure, at the time, I'm sure his dream was like, oh, you know, I want to be a UFC fighter. I want to be in the UFC. I want to have – look, and look, he had to go – I'm sure there were some hard times in there, maybe not making enough money or whatever through some of the other promotions. And maybe there would have been maybe some more secured money fighting in the UFC, at least a, a, a little bit more. Who knows? But he's found some success in the PFL. He's officially a millionaire. He's done it. He seems like a good guy, man, a hell of a guy. He gave a lot of respect to Bubba, which – you know, I, 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 their their interactions were so hard to watch, and, and I'm not saying because there was bad blood or anything, but because they they clearly had a lot of respect for each other. You know what I mean? You know, at times I, I didn't I don't want to say they were hard to watch because they were 
I can't find the white words, the correct words to express to Josh, but there was just something mm-hmm. there like, damn, both of you guys are so fucking cool. I think that's the way, that's the proper way to put it. Mm-hmm. Both these guys are, are, seem like absolute nice guys, you know, guys you would want to hang out with, and they all, they both seem like they're, you know, and obviously they're fun to watch to fight, uh, and, and it hurts to, to see one lose, you know? Yeah. At the same time, it was like, it was also so nice seeing one win, you know? It was hard mm-hmm. to root, it was hard to pick a guy. Because uh, you wanted to see both guys win. You didn't want to see anybody lose, but this just wasn't a choice. Yeah, and it, it's kind of unfortunate, but at the same time, though, I'm choosing to take the path to just be happy for Brendan Lockman, dude. I mean... I'd be happy for both guys, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, They, they, they both got the, the opportunity of a lifetime. Yeah, and also, Bo Jenkins will be back, man. He'll be back. I'm not worried about him whatsoever. I mean, he's got confidence. He's still... He seems to be just hitting his prime too, which which is a big thing, you know. How old is um, Can you pull that up real quick? He uh, is thirty four, but he's a yeah. young thirty four because he hasn't really been fighting. Now. He hasn't really. He's been in MMA for a decade now, but if you look at his losses, it's not like he's very rarely just gotten destroyed or gotten out. He doesn't take much damage. Essentially, you, yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the tougher fights he's ever had, right on him. Yeah. You, you know, you know where I actually first heard of Bubba. Where? Uh, which is very, this is going to be very funny to you. Are you familiar with Here Comes the Boom? Oh, the Jesus. Yeah, with Kevin James? With Kevin fucking James. Well, Bubba Jenkins did some help on that movie. I had no idea about that. That's hilarious. Yeah, he, um, I think he went ahead and helped with some of the training and some of the scenarios. I don't know, but I know he did he had some part in that. And by the way, we got to go ahead and acknowledge that Here Comes the Boom is the greatest MMA movie. Dude, I'm I'm not even fuck with you, Josh. Dude, fuck never back down. It's all about here comes the fucking. You're movie. goddamn right. It is. You're goddamn right. I I'm not. I wasn't even joking. I mean, like, think about I, now. Granted, um, I can't think of the name. It was a TV show that had a what's his name in it. Um, King, Kingdom. You're thinking about Kingdom. Kingdom. Right now. Kingdom is an excellent show. But if we're talking straight up movies, here comes the boom. Ten out of ten. <laughs> I, I've never it seen like the fucking Godfather compared to some of the other MMA movies out there. I've, I've never seen the Tom Hardy one. I can't think of it. I think it's uh, Tom Hardy. Warrior. I think it's called Warrior. Yeah, I've never, I did not like that movie. Really, it was bad. It was not okay. So look, it's like it's kind of in the same vein of like Here Comes the Boom. It's not a good movie, but it's entertaining. But it's entertaining. Warrior is a movie that a lot of people love. But it's – you can tell it's made by somebody who doesn't know much about MMA. Oh, that's so, outrageous. like, a ca- casual people love that movie. They're like, oh, shit, like, Tom Hardy, great actor. What an incredible movie. But, like, it's pretty, it has, it's pretty rated well. Like, it's, re- it's rated very well, but I did not like that movie. I was, thought it was way, was way it, was, it, was it acting good? Was at least the story decent? Yeah, yeah, acting was good. Yeah, I mean, that, that's not the issue. It was the story good? I thought the story was pretty fucking stupid, honestly. Damn. I know this, this is the hottest take I'm probably ever going to have on the show. I look, I I've, I've, I've never seen it. I remember seeing the trailer way back in fucking 2000 or whatever when it came out. Being like, this is way before I watched MMA, by the way. But uh, before I had any sort of, I mean, Josh, I really didn't know about MMA until like 2014, 2015, you know, like the Connor era, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or I might have heard of it, but I didn't really know about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so hold on. Let me let me go ahead and read you the synopsis to give you a better idea, right? Uh, I, I so love is, how this is part of the show. Now. This, this is, is perfect. 
I mean, let's be honest. Until we get to UFC, I mean, it's not really, it's not really much to talk about. But anyways, um, this came out in 2011, just to date it, okay? Uh-huh. Tom, uh, Tommy, Tom Hardy, an ex-Marine with a tragic past, returns home and enlists his father, Nick Nolte, a recovering alcoholic and former wrestling coach, to train him for Sparta, in quotations. The biggest MMA tournament ever held. Oh, but when Tommy's, God. when Tommy's underdog brother, Brendan, Joel Edgerton, fights his way into the tournament, the two brothers must finally confront each other and the forces that pulled them apart. You know, this could have been a good movie, <laughs> from what it sounds. I think it's just, it, it just does not seem like they know anything about MMA. Like, for, from what I remember, it's like, it's like, oh, it's like this big tournament where the winner's gonna win, like, ten million dollars or whatever. Yeah, it seems and like it's called a, Sparta because it's you know like oh yeah. you know like it's just it's kind of fucking stupid. Yeah, it, it seems like and every and every yeah. MMA fight by the way in the movie is the greatest fight of all time. <laughs> like it's, it's not a war. It's not like you know how like nine out of ten like not really nine out of ten fights but nine out of ten fights in the UFC are like oh this guy goes out there and he's he's really technical and he'll do this and that and. No, every single fight is Rory McDonald versus Robbie Lawler too, bleeding to death and just no no like, ground game. Yeah, essentially. Or no, would they have a ground game? But it's not just somebody stalling out in guard. It's them rolling for knee bars and fucking rear naked chokes and get doing crazy flying triangles, like all that crazy shit. And, and everybody's juiced to the fucking gills. It's, it's made by somebody who watched a Pride highlight reel and thought, oh, that's how all fights are. They're like, yes, yes, yeah, yes, I think yes. <laughs> you should watch it just for this reason. Like, it, it, you, I feel like every every time I talk about this movie with people, or which, to be fair, is rare, but anytime I've seen other people talk about this movie, like, online, they're like, oh, my God, it's such an incredible movie. I'm like, as an MMA fan who knows a lot about this sport, I'm like, this movie is dumb. It's incredibly fucking stupid. But then again, that's probably how other movies are with people that are like, I don't know, like people that like watched, like read a book or something and then they like adapted it into a movie. That's all like other people think. I, I, I think we've, I think we've talked about this, but did you watch Bruised? I don't, hold on. Oh, wait a minute. Was that the, the Halle Berry movie? Yeah. Uh, I read a lot of reviews and I saw some clips of it, but I have not watched the full movie now. Oh, all right. I, it's I've another one of those it. that's like, which I was disappointed with because based off of like the synopsis and shit, like based off of Halle Berry herself, because she's like a big MMA fan. Not that I ever got to meet her or anything, but like <laughs> that's still the fun. I, I don't think I, have I told this story on the show about like the Halle Berry at Invicta thing. I think you have. I think at least once. Oh, okay. Right. At least okay. maybe maybe one of the older shows. Maybe I'll, yeah. I'll rehash it really quickly. Yes, and good. then we'll have to get back to PFL. Which, to be fair, there's since we, the main and the co-main were all I really want to talk about. I, we'll talk about one other fight or two or more fights. But anyways, I go to I go to Invicta because for whatever reason, Halle Berry was there because she was studying for this movie. Like she wanted, and she became friends with like a couple of people um, that were fighting on the Invicta card, and she like trained and, and stuff like that, right? And so I get in there and I go over to press row, same as I always do, and that's when they tell me, "Hey, Halle Berry's here." Don't fucking talk to her. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, she's right there. I don't, I don't, you guys are not supposed to go over there. Don't go talk. I'm like, <laughs> and the first thing Josh does. <laughs> and I went and I talked to Allie. I got my picture. I was like, yo, I loved you in Catwoman. No, I'm just. <laughs> God. 
No, but it, it was kind of funny uh, that they were like you. And now, to be fair, that's not like a, a dunking on the Invicta Press people because Invicta Press people are pretty great. And the guy that I talked to was somebody who had talked to multiple times. Like, yeah, I'm not worried about you, but just like there was an order that came down. Don't go. He's like, dude, I'm worried about Garrett. He's sitting like two chairs over that guy. Yeah, man. that motherfucker. He's bad, you know. Um, but yeah, they were like, don't, please, don't go talk to her. Like, don't, don't bug her. Don't do anything. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm cool, man. Like, I, I, got, I don't really care about Halle Berry anyway. No, just no disrespect, but you know. But by the way, was that the only like? Kind of celebrity slash big, you know, kind of famous person who ever showed up to Invicta. Uh, That's at a max. Tyree, Tyree Kill sat next to me. Really? Yeah, I feel like I told you. I think I texted you whenever it happened, but I don't think it because I didn't talk to him. Like I, like he was friends with one of the the guys who was working the event. I think he was just working as like he's one of like the the cage assistants, like guys who like clean the cage and, oh, shit, and stuff good. and shit. Like he might have been working like it's like a bodyguard or whatever. I see him texting and I see. Tyree Kill, and I look now, I'm, I'm a I'm a nosy motherfucker, so I look over, and I see this guy texting, and they, it says on the phone, Tyree Kill, I'm like, this guy really know Tyree Kill? And he's like, you want to come on through? And he says, yeah, and then 30 minutes later, there's Tyree Kill sitting next to me, and literally next to me, by the way, because they only had so many chairs around the octagon, and, there he, and I, I'm trying to be like, do not... Yeah, don't, boy. don't don't try and dab with Tyree Kill, and also hope don't draw any attention to yourself because you don't know what he's seen on the podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, it was around that time. I forgot it was around that time. Um, now, in hindsight, should have told him to go fuck himself because he left the Chiefs. But anyways, that was well, we didn't know that was going to happen. That's a joke. That's a joke. But yeah, actually, he was a surprisingly cool dude. You know, um, I didn't really say anything to him. I think. Well, I didn't accidentally knock over my water bottle. He handled it to me. Handed it to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah you know, problem things." You know, we had like a brief interaction. That's that, about was, that, that was the highlight of Josh's life, right there. No, that was about as brief as he got. Like I was too busy focused on working and shit. But um, yeah, I mean, he was actually a pretty nice guy. He went over and like there was like a kid who was yelling, yelling for him, like Tyreek, Tyreek, for like five minutes. And like I think he had like a press person. He's like Tyreek, there's a kid over. There. He's like, no, 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 I heard him. And he and then he, he he turned around and waved at him and went over and took a photo took photos of kids and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty nice, you know. Pretty cool. chat moment. But anyways, yeah, uh, those are the only. There's other been other UFC fighters. Um, I want to say Rose showed up the one, but really, I, I, yeah, I don't remember if it was Rose, but there was there was a there was a female champion who showed up at the time. But yeah, I mean, I haven't really. There's not too many famous people that roll through to Invicta, especially these days. I if it was Carla maybe at the time or. But he like that. But anyways, yeah, I mean, just to kind of redirect to PFL, because um, we spent 10 minutes talking about movies and shit. But um, what are some of the other highlights of the card? I know Aspen Lab picked up a, a split decision win. Kind of surprised that one was a split. Olivia Obomosier, the Canadian gangster, got a huge win. Um, Rob Wilkinson, it may be fire of the year, question mark. I mean, give me your thoughts on some of those other undercard fights. I mean, he, he came for blood, man. I mean, there was a doctor stoppage, which, I mean... Let's be honest, Josh. Mario Magdalene probably wasn't going to win that fight. If they, if they like, who knows, right? Anything could happen, but it was looking bad. Like, I did not yeah. expect that kind of performance out of a, especially that gym that he comes out of, because that was like, uh, that's this is a beat, Saeed or my guy, Adolf Jim. Where those guys have really good stand, like a lot of those guys that I named off have great stand up, great kicks. Uh, and even him, who came from, I think he grew up tradition, like original freestyle wrestling, did tradition the sambo. But I guess, I mean, I guess the the issue in the fight was Rob was, dude, Rob was fucking huge. Like, yeah, fuck, he was fucking jacked, dude. He looked great. I loved it. 
Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, Rob Wilkinson, is is he, like, the greatest story in recent memory of, like, a guy leaving the UFC and just lighting shit up? Like, the only – I mean, I put him right in there with, like, obviously different promotion and everything, and that, this guy did it two weight classes, but Ryan Bader. I think him and Ryan Bader are the guys that within the last, like, five years or so that left the UFC and just lit shit up. And Mike, I didn't Mike expect – like, I thought Ryan Bader would be good in Bellator, but, like, that motherfucker became a two-division champion and reigned over – like, the division for, like, two, three years. Like, I didn't expect that. Like, yep. is he, like, the best guy in, like, a long time to kind of do that? Like, Rob Wilkinson? I mean, him, DJ, I'd say Mike Perry and BKFC, very different, right? But talk about guys who found success, you know, post-career, you know what I mean? Or post-UFC era, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all all those guys have done very – I mean, especially him, how it happened, right? Two fights, two very hard fights in hindsight, right? And then they let him go. And he has to fight on the regional scene, does some boxing, and he does it fucking right, man, and then comes to the PFL, and it's been nothing but W's. He has need, nothing but wins and finishes. I mean, it's, it's the kind of way you want to do it, and it's, it's sort of the look at me now moment, you know? Yeah. It, it, yeah it's and, very much that. Yeah, and you gotta be happy for him, man. Like, just. I saw Izzy gave him props, which was like, dude, Giga Chan moment out of there? Like, gotta, gotta love that out of the, out of the former champ. Oh, absolutely. And dude, just for him, to, it's 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 just awesome, man, and I feel like it's a story that should have been talked about more by like media members and um, fans, just because this guy, I mean, leaves the UFC, goes over to kickboxing, does some kickboxing, does some MMA, does a little bit of boxing. But it wasn't until he came out of nowhere, dude. Whenever I saw he was in the PFL this year, I was like, oh, you know, Rob, the guy that lost is he? Like that's all I remembered about it. And for him to come through and just wreck shit, I mean, four wins in a row, all by knockout. Fucking, he's in the fight of your discussion. That's that's all I'm gonna say. He's in the fight. Don't want to spoil anything because obviously we got uh we got the awards coming up, which um I think we both talked about one of my like one of our favorite episodes to do in the year. Like just so fun to recap like all of the year in MMA. And you're like, oh shit, that happened, that happened. Like you just kind of you forget stuff over time. But yeah, I mean he's in the discussion for sure. And um, in terms of other fights on the card, you gotta be having for the Canadian gangster dude. I love me some Stevie Ray, but like. I thought Olivia Obama getting caught from the UC was so fucking stupid. I thought that was a terrible move at the time, and it's hey, but you got to be happy for him. Worked out in the end for him, you know. Making yeah, right. In the NFL. Yeah. Um, what, what, what a hype moment for him! Oh, dude, you know something that does suck for all these people? The fucking taxes in New York. Oh yeah, that's got to suck. Got to be. I mean, yeah, that really sucks. Now, granted, I don't know how how bad taxes are in New York, but I've heard they're they're higher. Well, you've heard. You've heard how fighters say they don't, they wouldn't want to fight in New York just because of it. Yeah, but that's why everybody wants to fight in Florida, right? The Florida income tax is super low. Fucking te- Texas, too, dude. Texas, Texas is dude. another one. Texas, another one. Yeah. Um, regardless, though, I mean, in terms of like undercard fights, prelims, I mean, uh, Shaman Marais knocking out Marlon Marais. Natan, it was a bad night for UFC veterans, man. Uh, Natan Schlute defeating Jeremy Stevens. Magomed, Magomed, Karamov defeating Gleason Tebow. Give me your thoughts on those three fights, because those are, those are kind of the three big prelims ones. It was a bad night for the UFC vets, man. I guess Shaman Rice was a UFC vet, too, but not in the same way that Marlon was. Yeah, no, I mean, for Marlon, it, it, man, it didn't, it didn't seem bad, man, until the third round, and he ends up getting taken out. Jeremy Stevens, I mean, at this point, it, it, uh, it's I don't know, it's, his career has just kind of just gone down, you know what I mean? It, it, it was going down to UFC. It's still kind of not doing. On some fun fights, I mean, don't 
you know, let's not take that away. The guy's entertaining and capable of putting someone's lights out at any given moment. Uh, you know, gotta give credit where credit is due. And then, what was the other one you mentioned in there? Um, uh, I just mentioned the top three on the prelims. All, uh, Jeremy Stevens, Gleason Tebow, and Marlon Moraes. Gleason Tebow, I mean, Gleason Tebow is a tough out for anybody, but I mean, the guy's like, what, 40 something? <laughs> Yeah, you know it's it's hard, man. Not a lot. There's very few guys who are that age who can perform at a very high level still. And look, he's he's done well for himself, right? Even even being you know 40 or whatever now, however old he may be. I apologize for not knowing. But uh, I mean, there's only a few guys who can maybe do it that late and do it at a very high level against very young guys. And I mean, I credit to him. I mean, he's still trucking along. He's not like he got fin- he didn't get finished in that fight. I don't believe, right? He went to no, no, he just lost a, a cleared. You know, thirty twenty seven. Yeah, he. I mean, he went to distance, and yeah, no, nothing, nothing. You know, nothing to be ashamed about. There, obviously, tough loss, but you know, he didn't get submitted or knocked out in any any devastating fashion. Yeah, I mean, it was a rough night for UFC vets. I thought Jamie Stevens, Marlon Moraes. I actually thought they showed a lot of heart. You know, um, there was a lot of heart on this card, man. There was a lot of heart on this card. Um, I, you know, interesting thing is, like, I don't even think that like those guys, like Marlon pretty clearly has, like, a chin problem at this point in his career because he was clearly winning that fight. <clears throat> and I thought he was looking really, really good, too, because was, it was rare to see because Marlon wasn't just going out there for the kill. It looked like he had, like, a really good game plan. He was taking the fight to the ground. He was mixing ground and pound uh, along with, you know, stand up on the feet. He looked clean, dude. He looked great. And then he just got caught with one shot, and boom, that's it. You know, uh, Jeremy Stevens had a fight through a lot of submissions, and he did not look too bad, but just, like, PFL has a lot of these older dudes mixed in with, like, um, young the young prospects. And the difference between them and, like, you know, Belter used to have that back in the day, too. But the difference is is that, like, PFL is feeding their guy, the older guys, to the young. You know what I mean? Whereas Bellator kind of, like, would match up the older guys with the older guys. So Yeah, they would make an effort, too, right? Yeah, they'd make a really good effort, too. And, like, I did not – like, for example, I didn't need to see Magomed and Magomed and Karamov beating the shit out of Lisa Tebow. Like, that's not – like, I didn't really need to see that. You know what I mean? Guy's 39 years old and hasn't run, been really relevant for, like, a decade, so. I mean, um, the real the real fight they should have done was the fight they didn't get in the regular season, which was uh, Gleason Tebow versus – oh, my goodness, I can't remember. The Russian fighter, Josh. Uh, God, I'm forgetting his name. Oh, they all have the same name. You're not gonna. <laughs> he, he, lo- he lost. Uh, he lost to Gilbert Burns. He was undefeated. He only had like two or three losses in the UFC. Oh shit! Yeah, I know who you're talking about. God I could. I could see his face because his picture on fucking okay, Tapology is him holding the belt. Here I'm gonna go to his Tapology real quick. See if I can find. Uh, Rashid um, Magomedov. Magomedov. Excuse me. No, Alexei Konchenko. Alexei Konchenko. Oh, okay. That should have been the fight of me because Kachika's, you know, older, 38, taking some losses. But I, I guess uh, he wasn't – oh, fuck. I don't know if they didn't resign him or there was some issue here, but I see he's fighting in RCC, hmm. which is a – I'm assuming Russian promotion. Most likely. But, yeah, no, he – he. I feel like, well, because they still had him at the time, I felt like they should have tried to make that fight, but I guess there were some issues. True, true. But regardless, uh, dude, solid PFL card. It's very, very solid PFL card. Um, if you bought the pay-per-view, you're probably happy with the purchase, which is probably the best outcome that they could have had for uh, that card. But, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but we are back with UFC this week, boys. Uh, UFC Orlando, going down from the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. <clears throat> Welterweights in the main event. 
and it's a banger. Uh, very rare that UFC actually decides to kind of just throw two fan favorites together with fun styles, but that's what they did here. Steven, Wonderboy Thompson, Kevin, Trailblazer Holland. Uh, Kevin, fucking <laughs> Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Uh, yeah, dude. I was about to say Kevin Lee, by the way. I'm not going to even know that. That's funny. Um, but yeah, dude, this is a banger. Uh, both these guys, um, coming off of losses, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson riding a two-fight losing streak. Gilbert Burns, Bilal Muhammad. At least the Gilbert fight was close. Bilal, remember the name Muhammad, beat the shit out of him. Uh, Kevin Holland, um, since moving down to 170, he's had some success, obviously. He had, uh, the Alex Oliveira win, beat Tim Means, lost to Chimaev, which no shame in that. Um, but now they're back. Winner here can probably, well, I'm pretty sure Wonderboy is in the top 10, but if, uh, you know, Holland wins, he can get in the top 10, get himself right back on the right track. Wonderboy says he's not even close to retirement. He still wants to get in some good fights, get in some, you know, some fire fights, put on some fun shows for the fans. I think this is going to be a good matchup for him. What do you think about this one, man? I, I, this fight is a very 50-50 one just because we've not seen Wonderboy in a matchup like this in a long time. At least, well, two years, really, since the Jeff Neal fight in December 2020. So, been a while. I mean, look, I got to give credit to Kevin Holland. He's been asking for a stand-up fight. He said, you know, he wants to fight a stand-up fighter. Don't give me these wrestlers or whatever. I, look, it's it's very funny because if Kevin Holland starts struggling on the feet, he could be very well be the one shooting for takedowns in this fight. He has a, uh, a little slick jiu-jitsu game we don't get to see too often. I mean, Wonder Boy is a tough out for anybody on the feet, man. I, the thing is, and let's just be very honest with ourselves, Kevin Holland has never fought anybody on the field like Wonderboy, and he's he's not going to be able to bring anybody into his camp who can imitate Wonderboy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a simple fact. And I mean, I mean, this is a this is a known fact. Like people have tried to do it, they can't find guys. They find guys who can maybe do things, certain techniques similar, but not guys who are going to fight you like Wonderboy fights you. In five rounds, though, who knows? I mean, anything could happen. Wonderboy is older. Kevin Holland does have pretty good power at one seventy. Like I said, he has a slick jiu-jitsu game, but he does end up taking it to the ground. But at the same time, though, Wonder Boy's never been submitted in his MMA career ever. Mm-hmm. Granted, though, recently we had a Chandler go through that, too, where he finally got – and, you know, that was – no one even mentioned that, how Chandler got submitted for the first time in his career to Dustin, but that was the thing. And anything could happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Wonder Boy is older. You know, everybody's – I heard people saying, well, you know, uh, Kevin Holland has, has speed and – and that, but I'm like, dude, I feel like Wonder Boy's like deceivingly quick though. Like even at his older age, like at least with his legs, like how fast he gets some of those kicks up. I mean, we just saw what's his name, uh, the uh, Solikov, dude. Yeah, that motherfucker's quick with his feet and getting in them up. Like you know, like you can never doubt these guys who have that that style where they they, they throw these techniques like that. Uh, I mean, I think it's a pick-up fight, Josh. I really don't think there's a – if you pick Kevin Holland or or if anybody were to pick Kevin Holland, I wouldn't even judge you for it. You know, I think they'd be like, shit, man, that's a pretty good pick, man. You pick Wonder you pick Wonder Boy, oh, I'm on the same boat. It's a pretty damn good pick. I mean, either guy could, could get away with this in five rounds. Uh, I'm going to go Kevin Holland, though, Josh. I'm, I'm going to say, you know, he's been asking for it. He wants it. Uh, this is kind of a guy he's been kind of aiming at, I think, in, in some capacity. He might see something. I don't know. Wonder Boy's a little older. He has been caught once. This great was a Superman punch. You know, we got to say that it was Showtime. Yep. Kevin Holland is long too, so at the you know in range, he could maybe do something there. But I think he will struggle with some of those body kicks. And if Kevin Holland gets you know gets uh, or uh, Wonder Boy gets his combinations going uh, and gets his body uh, his kicks going too, I think it'd be a tough night for for Kevin Holland. 
Yeah, and the thing is, for me, is I'm also going to take uh, Kevin Holland, just like go ahead and put it out there, but I think he has more ways to win, which is the reason why I'm picking him, but at the same time, I also can easily see this going the other way, dude. Like, it, if Steven Wonderboy Thompson shows up like we, like, like how he has for the majority of his career, right, and age is not a factor, I'd pick him in this. But for right now, there's just so many unknowns with him. Um, he is older, he's not won a fight in two years. He's taken out a shit ton of damage, especially against Bilal Muhammad, who just bludgeoned him on the ground. And even against Gilbert Burns, I thought he was starting to look a little gun-shy. And um, granted, I don't think he'll be as gun-shy here because he's fighting another striker, but I think Kevin Holland can take the fight to the mat if he wants. And I think he actually will, at, at some point across five rounds, take the fight to the mat. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Kevin Holland. I just think he's the younger guy. I think that there, he has more ways to win. But at the same time, you know, if we just haven't seen Wonder Boy in so long that I don't know how he'll look. If he comes out looking like Wonder Boy early and just, you know, he knows he's not fighting a guy who's a grappler first and he can just kind of let loose, can easily be a big, a, a good night for him in the office. But look, dude, very excited, very excited for the, the main event. Co-main event, though, is also super intriguing. Uh, this entire card, actually, all around is really fucking good. But co-main event, Brian Barbarena, Bam Bam. He's beaten a couple legends in a row, Matt Brown, Robbie Lawler, and now he's trying to make it his third in a row as he takes on Rafael Dos Anjos. Uh, obviously, RDA kind of said after his loss to Rafael Fazeev in July, he said, like, hey, you know, I'm up there in age. I'm willing to fight anybody at welterweight or lightweight if it's a fun fight, but I'm kind of done actively chasing the title. So that's why he's fighting a guy in Brian Barrett who's not ranked up at 170, but regardless, this should be a banger. What are your thoughts on this fight? It's fun, man. You know, like we talked about it uh, not too long ago. You you said uh, RDA was looking to take uh, kind of fun matchups at each weight class, and this is a good one. It's uh, it, it, it's a rough one for Brian Barberena, though. I think RDA is, uh, I mean, he, he has a very impressive resume. I don't think we talk about it enough, Josh, but if you go through it, you look at all the names, you look at the losses, I mean, this guy's fought everybody. Like, Literally everybody. Like you, you start at like his first fight was Jeremy Stevens in, in, in the division, and then you got guys like Tyson Griffin in there who, who fought more recently, and guys like like uh, Clay, uh, Clay Guida and Gleason Tebow who we mentioned not too long ago. I mean that's and that's not even including like some uh, these these uh, these guys that we know from you know like the Habibs and the Eddies and Tonys and so on and so forth, you know, and you know his whole run at 170, but um. Yeah, no, I think I think RDA's got this pretty pretty handily. Brian Brain is good. He come he comes to bang, he comes to war, but I think uh I think uh RDA's gonna be able to switch it up, do some wrestling, control him on the ground, maybe attack some missions, maybe get some ground and pound going. On the feet, I know he could be very good and skilled and safe. Uh, uh, who knows? I mean, but Brian Barbera, but Brian Barbera, Brian Barbarina comes and he has that dog in him, he puts pressure on him, and you know has some good takedown defense. And look, he's been on a little run, uh, granted, though, against some legends and a UFC newcomer and uh, Darian Winks. I don't know. A- anything is possible, but I-, I don't see it going Brian Barbarian in this way. Yeah, I'm on the same page. Um, as much as I like Brian Barbarina, I do think this is a really bad matchup for him. And I also think that it's kind of one that it's like, because they want to give RDA fun matchups, the thing about RDA is, is like he wants fun matchups, but he's still a guy that can easily be top 10. And I think he still is top 10. Like he, 
like prior to losing to um, obviously Fazeev, yeah, he's ranked number seven. He's ranked number seven. And he beat Hamada Moikama, beat the dog shit out of him. He lost to Paul. I mean, he beat Paul Felder, excuse me. Like, he's still a guy that's not in his prime, but he still has a lot of his ability from his prime. So even though he's moving on to these fun matchups, he's not really chasing the title, he still might find himself in contender positions because he's still that good. And I think he's going to beat Brian Rubberena. As much as I like Bam Bam, he's a guy that gets himself into firefights. And if he's not in a position where he can swing and bang and have somebody meet him on those terms... He struggles. So I'm going to take RDA here. I think he's just going to put on a clinic. But, you know, should be a fun fight regardless. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, this card has, like, a lot of good names, like, from top to bottom. But which uh, fights are you most excited for on this one? You know, I'm going to jump over one here that I do want to talk about. But we're going to go into the heavyweights, man. Another Bam Bam. Ty Tui Vasa versus Sergei oh. Pavlovich. Which, I need to say, man, a little premature for Ty. I mean, this is a very hard fight. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, he fought Searle not too long ago, and he took a lot of damage in that, man. That really wasn't that long ago. Uh, that was only three months ago. Um, and it'll be three months to the day. Like, exactly. And, I mean, he pretty much, you know, probably took a little bit of time off and then probably went straight into training camp not too long after. So a little quick, right? But, with you know, with heavyweights, they can, they can you know, do fast turnarounds fight to fight. But I don't know if this is a smart choice against a Russian like Sergey Pavlovich, who ever since that motherfucker's come back, Josh, it's it's been blood in the first round. And look, Ty can you know Ty can swing with him in that first round and very well get him out of there. Uh, and he's done it right. He's gone into those firefights and those exchanges with with Derek Lewis, uh, and Greg Hardy, right? And he's been hurt and even in those situations, been compromised and been able to come back and win the fight. But against Sergey Pavlovich, who's returned, taking a lot of time away from the sport. Is looking good still from where he left off. I mean, that's that's a tough fucking fight, man. But it's, I mean, it, it should be a banger. I mean, Ty comes to bang every time, man. And recently, I don't know if you saw that clip. They asked him uh, how many showies he's done in his lifetime. He's like, uh, you know, how many times has, uh, has a, a preacher gone to church or, the, or a priest gone to church? He said, <laughs> which is an amazing fucking quote. So, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a good laugh there, Josh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I do think it might be it might be a little bit early for him. I mean, when did that fight with uh, Cyril happen? It happened in September. Wow, that is a, a lot fast. Uh, that's, that's a quicker turnaround than I thought it was. That's three months to the day, like exactly three months. On that day, will be three months. That's crazy. Yeah, that's that's a really fucking quick turnaround, especially against Sergey. Sergey is a guy who's coming on right now in his prime. He's thirty years old. Um, won his last four by knockout. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. Um, They're building him up too. Like they've they've given him that steady climb since coming back. They have. I think it's because they kind of they know that he's that he's like he's really fucking good. But they also threw him to Overeem in his first ever UFC fight, which was probably not the the smartest move. But yeah, I mean, ever since that fight, he's kind of come on strong. Um, so yeah, that should be a banger of a fight. But at the same time, I I do wonder if that's a bit. A bit soon for Ty, but I guess we'll see. I mean, he's always been a very active guy anyway, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Jack Hermanson, Roman Dudelize. We'll see if Jack I'm, – I'm really excited for Jack Hermanson to come back just for the fact that, like, his last fight against Chris Curtis was probably the greatest he's ever looked, straight up. On the feet, like, he's had, he's had better performances. Like, I think him being Jack Hermanson was a better all-around performance, but, like, on the feet, he looked really good against Chris Curtis. And Chris is a guy that's coming with a lot of momentum – 
multiple knockouts in a row, and he just he pieced him up. So I'm excited to see what he does against Roman Dulize, who's coming in here on short notice, I believe. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Eric Anders, Kyle Dawkins opening up the card should be a lot of fun. The return of Nico Price has gone massively under the radar. Um, we haven't seen Nico since he beat Alex Oliveira in October 2021. Don't know why he sat out so long, but he has, and it's been a while. So I'm excited to see him come back. I thought Nico Price got in some trouble for smoking the ganja, or am I wrong? Uh, he's gotten in trouble for smoking the ganja before, but not after his last fight. Wow, so you just took he some time a, off. Yeah, he had a no contest with Donald Cerrone back in September 2020 because he tested positive for the THC. But, um, yeah, outside of that, no, he hasn't gotten in any trouble. But, yeah, he'll be taking off Philip Rowe, so that should be a fun one. Um, That's okay, Angela, he had a very active two years yeah, before that, though. He did. He's always been a super active guy, so I don't blame him, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, also, Angela Hill, Emily Ducote, Emily Ducote, uh, I've kind of hyped her up for a while now, is one of the kind of top prospects, uh, at least on the women's side of things. She's been around in the game for a while now. Like, she had her run in Bellator, which I feel like most people have forgotten now, but she was in her early 20s when that happened. She's still only 28, just hitting her prime. Um, repping OKC, so I gotta go and shout her out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and even then, like, on the undercard, you got, like, a lot of veterans, like, Clay Guida, Michael Johnson, Darren Elkins. Like, there's a lot of older dudes on the undercard. So this is going to be a banger of a card, man. I mean, any other fights you want to talk about on USB Orlando? I mean, you mentioned Darren Elkins there, his opponent, Jonathan Pierce, man. We we talked about him pretty much every time he comes up because, you know, he had we always say he had that one Joe Lozano loss in there. But ever since then, it's been straight dubs. Beat Mach 1 Americani. They're giving him a bet in Darren Elkins, which I think is setting him up for a potential fight of a guy just outside of the rankings. Uh, you know, he's, he's really rallied back since that loss. And it, it's pretty amazing to see a young guy do that and, and look fucking stunning in it. Uh, Tracy Cortez and Amanda Hivas buried in the prelims very early on, which is like crazy to me. You know, I feel like they should be a little higher on the card, but there's, there's so many, uh, veterans and talent, like you said. I mean, it makes sense that it's so competitive that you have to push some people down. Uh, yeah, no. And, and like you said, Nico Price, obviously we mentioned him and it's, it's nice to see him back and, and some of the other vets you named in there. It's, it's honestly a very stacked card. Mm-hmm. And I mean, uh, kind of to rally back, we're going to mention one more card, uh, one more fight in the main card. Matias Dicola, match now. This is a big fight at 125, Josh. I mean, this is setting up one of these guys to enter top five, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a big deal, obviously, with that division, kind of the way it's progressing. Because you got to think about it. Uh, Alex Price has already fought for the title. Kind of probably won't be. I don't think they'll be giving him that title opportunity anytime soon. Brandon Roval is kind of fighting for kind of that title shot. Kai Carter Friends obviously coming off the loss, and these two guys are about to be matched up against each other. For Nicolau, he's one of those guys who hasn't gotten the finishes in this time in the UFC. He's very clearly talented, but he, he he's holding back a little bit. You know, he has the talent, but he he hasn't like committed to finishing fights and, and, and he's good in the feet and he has ground capabilities and Metchnell's got that dog so I don't know if Matias Nicola is going to be able to just uh, not coast because he's not coasting because he's fighting these guys very well but he's he's going to have to get Matchnell out of there in this fight I think I don't think he'll be able to just coast to a decision in this no I don't think so I don't think so um, I'm actually really glad you highlighted that fight um Wait a minute. You said Matchnell, right? 
Yeah, Mateus Nicolau. Okay, just wanted to make sure I was looking at the right fight. All right, my bad. Um, yeah, that one's going to be a fucking banger. Obviously, Mashville's coming off that fight with Sue Montagieri, <clears throat> which is criminally underrated in a fight of the year discussion. I feel like after that fight happened, people kind of forgot that it happened, and I remember that one just for the fact that I thought Mashnell killed him. I literally... Like, it, was, it was a banger, yeah. It was a banger, and he was bleeding everywhere, right th- and he, like, I thought he was dead. But regardless, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a battle in the flyweight division. Flyweights outside of Figueroa and Moreno just do not get enough attention. And the winner here, they won't be, they won't get a title shot, but, like, they're they good for a top-five fight. They'll get a top-five fight, and if they win that one, then they're in the title discussion. Um, it should be a banger. I'm very happy to have that one. I keep that I missed that one. But, yeah, two guys at flyweight who are on great runs. Granted, Matt Stanley's only won one fight in a row, but, like, even before that, what, he lost to Roy Val, who's a savage. So, I mean, he, he's riding a relatively – he's had a couple of high-profile fights in a row. Mateus Nicolau on the other side, like, what, five wins in a row, three of them in the UFC. Uh, beating Manel K, Tim Elliott, beating some big names. Um, yeah, dude, I'm hyped for that fight. That's going to be an absolute banger. So, yeah, I mean, overall, dude, top to bottom, this is an excellent card. Um, also got to go and shout out. I'm not sure if you, I, you did say it. Tracy Cortez and Manny Hibos. So, um, excited for that. Buried. They buried in the card. Very buried. So I'm very, very excited for that one. But, um, yeah, this should be a banger of a card. But unless we have any closing thoughts, we should move on to the nudes because there's a Bunch of stuff to go over. Let's go right into it, man. Let's go right into it because there's, you know, I don't think we talked about it on air, but there's a thing that happens every single time we do the podcast. News breaks either that day or the next day. And for you guys listening, here's a, here's a peek into the production behind this show, which there is really none. But we <laughs> do it. We do it on Tuesdays. Last week, we literally postponed it one day. So Angel can watch Mexico in the World Cup. Uh, but we still went to four one day, and news still broke like two hours after the fucking show ended. And it's that Yuri Projaka is no longer UFC light heavyweight champion. He suffered a shoulder injury, one of the worst sho- – Dana White said it's one of the worst shoulder injuries that the doctors the UFC have seen. And he'll be out for upwards of a year, uh, maybe more. And – it's not going to be Glover Teixeira fighting for the title. It's going to be the two light heavyweights who were already on UFC 282, Jan Vahovic and Magomed Ankalaev fighting for the, uh, not an interim, the undisputed title. What do you think about this whole switch up and uh, ultimately the new main event for, honestly, it's only, what, a week away? Like, yeah. we're, we're really close to that card, man. So what do you think? I mean, obviously devastating, right? For, for for Yuri, right? He he he's gone to this point in his career so quick, and in, in this time in the UFC, he wanted to get that one back over Glover because he wasn't satisfied with his performance, which which was one of the most respectable things, right? Some of the most champ shit you've ever heard. Like I won the title, but I'm unhappy with my performance. I'm gonna fight that guy again. Like what the mm-hmm. fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets this fucking terrible shoulder injury that is, you know, according to the UFC doctors, one of the worst they've ever seen. It's gonna keep him out for 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 a year, and the UFC's like shit. We, you know, if you're going to be out for a year, we can't just have you know a uh, you know a temporary title. We need we need someone to fight for the championship while you're gone. And uh, I mean, the next best option was Blahovich Ankalaev, right? Because they were already on the card. Because that was a be a title eliminator guy. Who was that? Was you know fights on the, the main event? Glover sadly asked for more time, 
and I get it, right? I really, I get it from the UFC, UFC perspective. Josh, they needed someone for this main event, and they couldn't just have, you know, who they had on that card to be the headliners for the, they needed a championship fight to close, close out the year. So I more than understand why the UFC didn't want to work with Glover in that case. And I get it, right? They they probably should have really tried hard to consider it. But I feel like Glover's, Glover's going to get his chance next year regardless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time, but the, I think the UFC really cares about Glover and really is about giving him the opportunity. They'll give him the chance. The matchup is still good, Josh. I mean, let, let's just keep it honest. I mean, we're not we're not going to break it down because we're talking about it here in a in a week, and then we're going to we're going to be meeting up for that one, my guy. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing there. So we're still going to get the we're, we're going to get the best out of this card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to get the best out of it. And look, dude, I mean, as much as I as much as I love I, I love Glover, I straight up do. Huge fan of the guy. I also do not think he deserved a rematch for the belt. <clears throat> so in a roundabout way, kind of cool with this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like as a, as a sport, the light heavyweight division and all of its combatants have get, been getting fucked over for a while now. Um, there's been a massive logjam, and Magomedov Kalaev is a guy who's been impacted a lot by that. So I'm happy that he's getting a title shot. Um, I think Glover. They'll they'll figure something out, you know what I mean? I think that they can go ahead and either give him the next title shot, or he can just fight the winner of Yuri versus the winner of this fight. So, um, I think I think things will be fine. I know that some people are probably disappointed. I know Glover's probably disappointed, and he actually asked. He said that he'd fight either one of these guys if they gave him another month to prepare. But UFC 282 is about about as weak as it gets in terms of like a, a card coming up. I believe Patty Pimblett will be the call mate event, just to give you a, a gauge on how that card's going right now. So there's um, some names, Josh. No, no, no. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Well, here's the thing: is every card has names, but they, uh, what I'm saying is that this card is very, very weak in terms of draws, so they couldn't postpone the title fight. I, I guess you're right, you know. But you know, at least they got they got Pimblett, they got Darren Till, you know, they got Bryce Mitchell who has some eyes on him. I mean, there's still some form of names on there, you know. Hmm. I mean, obviously, it would help to have two other ranked guys on the card who who have a following, you know, without a doubt. You know, I'm not going to dispute that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but regardless, I'm, I mean, I, it sucks for year in Glover, but this is going to be a banger of a fight, so um, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And honestly, these guys probably deserve a title shot anyway, so um, it's all cool with me. But in terms of uh, fights that are not coming up, but they're actually going down this weekend, uh, this one I didn't include in the the preview section because, let's be honest, we'll give our pick, but this is a mere formality. Um, Tyson Fury will be back on uh, Saturday fighting in the U.K. because he can't get into America, uh, and he'll be fighting Derek Chisora. This is going to be a trilogy. They fought in 2011 and 2014. First time around, uh, Derek won, like, I think three rounds. Um... And then uh, second time around, he won no rounds. He got knocked out. So basically, probably the most pointless trilogy fight ever, at least that I can remember. I mean, we've had some pretty fucking pointless ones, but this is certainly uh, it's uh, in the discussion. Um, who do you think will win, Angel? I mean, I mean, not even who do you think will win because we both we're both going to pick Tyson easily. He if Derek Chisora wins, by the way, it'd be statistically like odds wise one of the biggest upsets in boxing history. I think he's like a 25-to-1 underdog. 
Um, but I'm not even going to ask if, if he'll win because I'm sure you're on, you're in agreement. But like, is there a pathway to victory for Derek Chisora? And will you be watching the fight? At least here in the States, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. But if you're in the UK, it's going to be pay per view, sadly. So what do you think? I mean, shit, it's free for me. I ain't hating. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch that shit. Yeah, dude. No, I mean, we got Tyson all the way. I mean, he's the most, he's the best guy at heavyweight right now. It's, he's, he's so much better than some of the other guys. He's outclassed these, these other amazing boxers. Obviously, there's some matchups still left there that we want that aren't coming together. But hey, man, what 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 can we do? You know, we we just sit around and wait until someone does something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Tyson. I'll watch it, but um, yeah, just kind of a waste of time. Honestly, it's kind of a waste of time. Um, yeah, I feel bad for people that have to pay for this. Honestly, in the UK, but hey, you guys normally get. Pay-per-view is cheaper there anyway. I think the pay-per-view even in the UK is only like 25 bucks. So, um, it's, it's still crazy to me that like we spend, if this were in the, if this were on pay-per-view in America, it'd be 85 fucking dollars. So, Jesus crazy. Christ. I'm just saying, like, that's, that's traditionally what boxing pay-per-views are in the US. I know UFC is 75, I think, but like, when's the last time there was a big boxing match that was under $85? Some of them are cost 100 bucks. I remember like Mayweather McGregor was 100 bucks. Most of Floyd's fights were. Canelo had a couple over a hundred. Just crazy. UBC paper used to be what fifty nine ninety nine, forty nine ninety nine. I started watching was forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They used to be so much less, and then they fucking gone up every year. It seems like. Yeah, and you have to pay for ESPN Plus to get it. Yep, and to get a disc to get a discount on it at that too. Yeah, right. So fucking awesome. But anyways, yeah, I mean, I don't want, don't even get me started on that. God, I hate the UFC's pay per view model. But anyways, um. Yeah, that's about all we got for that one. We're both picking Tyson. Not a lot to say there. I mean, it's it's about as unappetizing as you'll get for a heavyweight title fight, especially given the options of, oh, shit, Fury versus Usyk or Fury versus Joshua, and then you end up with Derek Chisora, like, who I like a lot, but he's 39, I think, now, and it's lost, like, th- four of his last five, so not very interesting. But, you know, we talked about UC 282. Let's talk about UC 283. Going down in Brazil, I think... So here's the thing with that card. Moreno versus Figueiredo 4 is set for that one, the quadrilogy. We know that. But the UFC is kind of aware that flyweights, especially a matchup that people have seen three times now, is not the biggest fight. And that's not me disrespecting either one of those guys. They just know that they're not huge draws. So UFC has been kind of working behind the scenes to get another big fight on that card. One of those fights that they've been pitching, and both guys have talked about it, is Hamjot Chamaya versus Alex Bahia. Hamza wanted to fight at 185. Paheya said that he cannot make 185 with such short notice and that it would have to be at 205. And he also said that whenever he said that in the UFC, the UFC told him that Hamza declined. Hamza said, nah, fuck that. I never said that. You're fake. You're a fake coach, fake fighter, fake belt. I never said that shit. And then he teased on Instagram this morning that he's going to be fighting Hamza Paheya next. Angel. What do you think about all this going – this kind of came out of nowhere, man. I mean, I've been following the news, obviously, at BJPenn.com. You can read about it. Um, but it still comes out of nowhere, man. Is this is this something you're interested in? Is this the fight you're down with? I mean, yeah, but there'd be no bell on the line, though. Correct, yeah. It, it'd be only, really pointless. That'd be, that's the only issue. You get Alex Pajero, who just won the title, and then fights another fight, not at the weight class, and, and could immediately potentially lose. 
Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it's that, that's really the only issue with it. Because I cannot remember the last time UFC ever did a fight like this, especially with like such like notice. Like they've had they've had weird catch weight fights when there's been like short notice, but like these guys are probably main event at pay per view. I, I think the real loss here was, and I th- and, 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 and I'm gonna be very honest with you, Josh, on this was Jose Aldo retiring before this pay per view, because this could have been Jose Aldo's send off pay per view. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could have had him fighting for a belt too. They could have had him fighting for a belt, or fighting for, or just fighting another legend. You know, like like we've constantly said, Dom Cruz, Frankie Edgar, you know, uh, guys like that. Yeah, and it yeah, could have been UC, a, you know, UC played themselves. They really did, and they do that a lot recently because they're so insistent on feeding the old legends to the young that they don't think at all in the short term. Like, <laughs> like they're all thinking about like long term gains. Like, hey, if we have Marab beat Jose Aldo, then that means we can have a ready-made title contender. And, like, that stuff works in theory if they, everything goes correctly, but that fight sucked. And so also, Jose, it also needs to be a Brazilian, Josh. I'm sorry to cut you off there, but no, every ahead, fight yeah. has a Brazilian on the other end. Yeah, correct. Um, look, I mean, at least on regards of, of this fight, I'd watch it. And, in fact, I think it's super compelling. I think if you take these guys and you put them at 205 – that's super fucking interesting to me. I'll be completely honest. Um, Hamzat is a massive 170-er. And even at 185, if you've seen him fight at 185, he's a pretty good size 185-er, too. Al Fahey is a massive guy at 185. I mean, it's compelling. But the issue is is that if Alex doesn't want to fight at 185, there's no stakes, there's no reason to do it. Unless you want to have something like... Be a short, No, unless you want to have something where it's like, you know, it's short notice... You want to put him at 205, and if Hamza beats him at 205, then you can give him a tough shot at 170 or 185 next. Yeah. That's the only way in which I can see it work. And then maybe Alex, you can have him get a title shot at 205 next if you want. But I don't, I don't know. It, it, they have that, to figure out something. That, that's the issue, right? They, they, there's, there's no stakes. No. There's only, there's rewards, but there's no. There's no benefit to the weight classes, you know. What now, I mean? now to be fair, we see this stuff happen in boxing quite a bit, where they're not quite a bit, but we've seen it happen on various occasions where it'll be like, oh, a champion will meet two champions will meet in the middle at a at a different weight class with no belt on the line. But, but, the, but boxing, that works though, because because it's more about spectacle. You see, they're all about stakes and and shit, um, and they try to pass themselves off as like a, like a real sport and like, oh, we're better than boxing and you know that sort of thing. But I mean, like, look, I'd be down for it. I'm actually really down for the fight. I just don't think the UFC will do it if there's no belt on the line. So yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, Josh, if they had to at the moment, what's the co-main on that? It'd be uh, Figueroa Moreno. No, the co-main or at the moment. Co-main, co-main. Uh, that's a good question. Because they would get bumped. Because if it's by weight class, let's just say, assuming they would go down, you know, they would be a higher weight class because I doubt they're going to do. You can't go down, you know, they're flyweights, so it had to be a bigger weight class because they always go by weight class. Yeah, there's no set co-main event as of now, but if you look at the card, I mean, there's, I mean, what Jessica Andrade, Wilbur Murphy is like the highest ranked fighters behind Figueroa Moreno. Yeah. Oh, they got Johnny Walker, Paul Craig on there. Gilbert Burns, Neil Magnum. I mean, those are there's some names, but I could see that they want someone or something kind of like title related or big up there. 
But like I tell you, it needs to be a Brazilian on the other end. What Brazilian high-profile name is available right now? There's not really any, with the exception of Pahea. Well, I guess they could put Glover on there, but I don't think he'd take a non-title fight. Yeah, so I'm kind of. I, I mean, unless yeah. Josh Ankalaev goes there in Isis Blahovich, quick, or vice versa. Yeah, you're you're like, hey, is there any way? You know, and you would have to. You know, obviously, both guys would have to agree, and that's a. Uh, that's asking a lot, right? But, yeah, know, and I'm obviously pushing it here, you know. Or, uh, and obviously, I'm guessing guys like Paulo Costa are obviously unavailable, you know, because he has a fight coming up with Robert Whitaker. I mean, there's, they're just in a tough spot. I think that this is just going to be a weaker card, you know, in the sense of like your main and co-main, you know, even though and these guys really deserve a lot of love for the performances they put on and the show they're going to put on in Brazil because it'd be a great fucking fight and because of the history. Yeah. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, I'm not. I guarantee that fight's going to be a bang. I'm not worried about that. But I think the UFC is very well aware of the fact that it's not going to sell well. I mean, even if the even if you're going to get the dot the hardest of hardcore, which they probably will, because all three fights have been entertaining. Like even me, I'm like I'm like a little bit like oh I mean I've seen this three times. Like there there's a there's less intrigue when you've seen it so many times. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the UFC's aware of that. And neither one of those guys are big names anyway. Like, I understand, like, people like those guys, but they're not huge draws. And that's a very, that's very, very big. So that's why that fight, Pahaya Chamaev, is even a reality. And the fact that, I mean, I really didn't think it was going to happen. I thought it was all talk. But then both guys have said, like, yeah, we're in the UC. We're talking to the UC about it. I'm like, oh, shit. And then I, even, I, I guess that's what we need to take serious, right, because there's been actual exactly. talks. So it's actually a legitimate Possibility. And Hamza Chamaev, after after Alex said yesterday that Hamza turned down the fight, he said, no, I didn't. And then he, he teased a fight with him this morning on Instagram. He said, don't be afraid. I will finish you fast at Poetan Pahaya with 277,000 likes. Like, he's teasing the fight. Like, By when do you think we would need to know an announcement? Do you think after the pay-per-view or by when do you think we would need to know? Because we would I need to know pretty soon. We would, we would have to know within the next week. Next week. Because at that point, it would give them when, – when's that card? Early January, I want to say? Yeah, like, like January second. 21st, actually. So they have a little bit more time than I thought. So I'd say if it's not done within – if it's not done by 282, let's say. That's what I was I thinking. Think, That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Dad yeah. or Dana would have to – like, they would have to announce it that day, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, 100% Shabayev can make 185. The issue is Alex can. I mean, he probably had to kill, like, not kill himself, but he'd be dying to make that weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, correct. That's, so that's I mean, that's a lot to ask for out of a guy, you know. And I mean, shit, if they can make it, Josh. I mean, fucking, I'm down. You know? Oh, absolutely. I totally watch that shit. That's not even a question. You know? But like, like, like we always say, Josh, and I think I say this a lot. I, to me, at the end of the day, this sport and it's and it's in in and uh. I, th- I think I said it during the Volkanovski matchup because you know there's there's a lot of talk about that, and I think you you I'm not putting words in your mouth, but maybe you might have said some things, and I you know I always bring up BJ Penn and all that and him fighting Leoto, but I'm like at the end of the day, dude, the biggest thing for me is I want to see the best guy fighting the best guy, no matter what. Mm-hmm. That is my biggest thing. I want to see so and so go up a weight class and fight this guy, or meet up halfway or whatever, but I want to see them fight. Mm-hmm. And the words Absolutely. of fuck. 
in in the words of uh oh my god I'm blanking on his name right now light heavyweight's dad you need a motherfucking fight <laughs> yeah Devin Clark's dad Devin Clark's dad you need a motherfucking fight <laughs> you know that's what I yeah. want to see like that that's just simple and look if, uh, I I just they're in a tough spot too because I don't know what profile they could get you know because even Charlie's Char, uh, Charles Oliveira who would have been a great option right. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's out the fucking door. I mean, he can't fight on short notice. You know what I mean? He also said that uh, he wants to take time off because he's been really, really active. So I get it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. I'd be, dude, I would have been begging Jose also to come back. <laughs> like Jose, come back for one more. You saw how much Brazil loved you that time. The times you've gone, like, please. But you know, it, it is what it is. I do think, and then. In, I, I feel like as, as far as names for for the Brazilian crowd that they they, they have, they're missing some Brazilian names that they didn't bring Josh that I think would have been really fun like that's a Barbosa, uh, mm-hmm. Cabarelio, um, Michelle Pejea, big one. Uh, you know, we talk about like fun fighters, obviously not names, but I mean, I mean, there's, there's still plenty of great Brazilian fighters, and there's so many great Brazilian fighters in the UFC. You know, let's not take that away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean they're they're very limited, and this is seeming like a very legitimate option. It just seems that weight, and it doesn't seem like money's an issue really, because it hasn't. They, there's been no money talk. It's more or less like you don't want to take the fight, or supposedly you don't want to take the fight, or you know I can't make the weight. So it's it's a matter of compromising and figuring out what fight, what weight are they going to fight at, and can we fucking do it, and can we get these contracts signed and make it to Brazil. Mm. Correct, correct, and we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll uh, granted, like, we'll, we'll we'll talk about this probably next week because I feel like by next week we'll have clarity. In fact, I'm fully expecting the fight to get announced right after we end this fucking show. But did, did you fucking? We would have to come on and record a clip, right? What well, probably? Yeah, I mean, I I, I, don't I, w- even, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't mind doing it. I mean, I Jake, wouldn't mind either. I mean, Josh, I mean, Jake Jake's opponent's probably going to get announced today when we get off to something's so. going something big's going to drop. Not a, like. We've had that feeling for a while. Like we have that, I have that feeling every single week, and every single week I get proven right. You know what I mean? But like this week, I really got that feeling. So we'll see. But um, last topic of the day, though, just move on because you spent like a while on that one. But I mean, it, was, it was a good topic, Josh. It was, it was. But now we have a little bit of an update on the Conor McGregor you saw the situation. And Angel, I gotta be honest with you, man. I'm, I'm done. I'm done pretending you saw it as anything other than. PR for the UFC. Like I've been, I've been at that point for a while. But so if you guys don't know, Dana said, uh, I believe like a month ago, that Connor left the USADA pool. Now that's worth that's important to know because there's only two circumstances in which you're allowed to leave the USADA pool. It's when you're released from the UFC or when you retire. But if Connor were to retire, he would not be ranked at lightweight. But he is. I believe he's ranked like what number nine or something. He's 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 ranked a lightweight regardless. I don't know his actual ranking, but he is ranked. So he's not retired, and he's not been released. So why isn't he in the pool? So people have reached out to Usada after Connor himself said, "Hey, I'm going to be back in February. I'm going to go ahead and take a couple tests, and then I'll be able to fight then." Which would mean they would grant him an, an exemption, a short notice exemption. But that doesn't really make sense considering he's not retired and he's still with the promotion and he just hasn't been testing. So you saw that somebody reached out to you saw they said, well, you know, uh, he'll have to go through the, the, the thing. He'll have to go through the six months or whatever the four months or whatever the time frame is. 
And then somebody, another person reached out to me, saw it, and they were like, well, really, it's the UFC's call. Like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's up to the UFC to determine when Connor will return. So, Angel, with all that in mind, what is your reaction to all that news? And um, do you think this kind of makes Usadi lose legitimacy? Because everybody, Connor has pretty much admitted the fact that he's taking shit. Steroids likely to help his leg. And to be, to be completely clear here, I don't give a fuck about any of that. I don't even think Usadi should be around. I think it's just PR. But what is your reaction to all this news and all that's going on with Connor and Usadi? I don't know, man. You know, there's, there's always, you know, stuff going on there. But, uh... We're not, I'm not going to get crazy into it. It's it's very likely that he probably is taking something. He got out of the testing post, so he wouldn't pop. But it's and, and there's stuff you can take when you have this kind of stuff that you know that you sought a product because you know the, I mean there's a lot of times doctors will give you steroids. I mean Josh, I've taken I've gone to a doctor got steroids like yeah like, like straight up like because of my allergies they've injected me with steroids yeah and I'm sure and it could be a banned substance on the side of list right it might not even be something but it gives you some sort of Oh, you know, it's known to have properties in, you know, recovery or, you know, increased testosterone temporarily or whatever, right? But, I mean, and, and, and you know, I'm speaking on, you know, on the, you know, hoping, right, that that's what it's for, right? And, and, and you know, not something else, but you never know, right? We're not going to get into all of that. I mean, look, as long as Connor's back and he, t- he fucking he pees clean, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hope people don't take what I'm saying as, like, an insult towards Connor because, straight up, I do not give a fuck that he's using. Like, I think it's incredibly stupid. Like, look, here's the thing about when it comes to steroids in MMA. Most people are probably using anyway. They're probably using anything. And at this point, Usada's made it very, very clear that they're little more than just PR to look, make the UFC look good. Like, oh, we don't grant short notice exemptions, you know, yada, 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 unless you're Brock Lesnar or UFC Tundra. Oh, we don't allow anybody to use any steroids unless it's picograms and it's John Jones and you want him to fight at fucking UFC 232 and you're willing to move the card on a week's notice to a different fucking state. And that, that one is egregious to me because I always bring this up to people. Like, why do you think – so what do, you, what, what do you think happened there? Like, nobody ever put the dots together. Like, why do you think uh, Nevada was unwilling to clear John? It's because they found out and tested him themselves, and they found out he was out. That found out that he was testing positive for picograms. You saw it and did not tell him. He, they had he had been testing positive the entire time, and you saw it tried to cover it up along with the UFC. And then they moved to California, and they still didn't get the full story from you saw it, but they cleared him anyway. Like they're nothing more than PR. Like, we've seen other – Tom Lawler, career ended in the UFC because he tested positive for picograms. Frank Mir, same thing. John Jones, you're allowed to fight. You know what I mean? I don't care if Connor gets a short notice exemption. I just think they should do away with USADA in general. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. It's just – it's ridiculous. And I feel bad for other fighters because, like, the guys that are clean, like, what are you doing it for? Like, literally, what are you doing it for? Like, just leave the fucking pool, go do steroids, and come back in. Apparently, it's that easy. You know what I mean? So, um – I just feel bad for the clean fighters in this situation. And, uh, you know, Connor's taking shit for his broken leg. More power to him. He had a vicious, horrifying, cure-ending injury in front of millions of people. Like, that's, and it's not like he had, like, a, it's not like he broke something that he doesn't use. He's going to be kicking that leg when he comes back. He has so, metal on that bitch. Metal on that bitch. And that's why, like, when people got mad at Anderson for testing positive every fought Nick Diaz, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he, 
He snapped his leg in two a year and a half ago. Like, I don't care. So, um, yeah, I think that performance-enhancing drugs is, like, a massive misunderstanding in general when it comes to them. Because for the vast majority of athletes, I'd be willing to bet they're mostly using it for for recovery. Like, if you guys have never talked to a high-level fighter when it comes to the training and the shit that they go through, they run themselves into the fucking ground in training camp. There's not a single fighter that goes into any fight feeling 100%. I guarantee you that. So I don't care that Connor's using. I just wish that you saw that were consistent. And if they're not consistent, then what are they around for? So that's my position on it. I mean, any other closing thoughts on that or anything else before we close out? I mean, you stated it there, man. I mean, they're out here testing Yuri fucking 61 times a year, and then they're testing Connor no times, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's just one example. Like, I, I, I think Holly Holm is another one that's been tested yeah. in the hundreds, I think. Like, yeah, I think ridiculous. He, I think over time. I think this singular year, though, he is by far the most tested. Oh, by, dude, he's been tested, like, 60 times just in the last year and a half. Not year and a half, in the last six months alone. Not even a full year. Yeah, this I think quarter, him and Paulo. Yeah. So, it, and at least in the case of Paulo, Paulo got in trouble for, like, IVs, I believe. You know what I mean? Like, he's gotten in trouble with Isada before. Yuri hasn't had anything. I get the IV thing, though. You could, you could flush it out. Yeah. Because, you know, random little story here, Josh. I was listening yeah, to a podcast. I think, it, I think it might have been on Biz, it might have been Bizbase podcast. I don't know. But he was talking about how he met someone. Literally, you know, this is back in the day when they had IVs and shit, right? To, uh, you know, people used to cut weight to recover. He talked, a, he talked about a story about a guy, uh, some fighter. I think he did fight in the UFC, I believe. I don't know. Who literally took out blood. And re-put it back in to make weight. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, what? I've heard that, too. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. What the fuck? Right? <laughs> yeah. I couldn't even imagine being like, okay, you need to... <laughs> no. <laughs> I get a little story for you afterwards about some uh, podcast I heard. There's no point oh, in mentioning okay. on this show because it'll take up some time. But, um, yeah, we just wanted to bring that up real quick. Fair enough, fair enough, but, um, yeah, man, I hope you guys enjoyed that discussion about USADA, um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show, uh, as a whole, um, I'm at Josh Shemelf on Twitter, he's at AndrewTick underscore 01, at Courtside Sound for all things the latest show, once again, shout out to, uh, Rogue Energy, Andy Lipster, amazing sponsor of the show, Coach Sound off for 10% off of both, that support us, and support yourself as well, I know that both, uh, places did a Black Friday sale, and, uh, Cyber Monday and all that shit, so some of them may still have a couple of deals, but if they don't, then just go ahead and use code SOUND. I'll get 10% off and uh, take some Delta 8 gummies and calm down, boys. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, that's all we got. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.